President Aristide, thank you very much for having us today. Um, you know, people in Haiti and abroad keep asking the same question, and people want to know when do you intend to go back to Haiti? It's been six years now. I mean, what prevents you from going back? I think that I see the picture. The picture is that in Haiti, we have the same people who organized the invasion of 2004 after kidnapping me to uh, put me in Africa. And they are still there. Uh, 8,900 soldiers or so, plus uh, 4,400 uh, police officers, more or less, spending, twen spending 51 million US dollars a month in a country where 70% of the population have less than one dollar a day to live. That means it's a paradise for them. Once we had the colonization of Haiti, now we have a kind of neo-colonial occupation. So they don't want me to be back, from my point of view, because they still want to occupy Haiti. Hello, guys. Welcome to the 1804. Today, we'll be looking at a few things, um, mainly the explanation of Laurent Lamotte on Canada sanctions. Um, as of now, he's planning to take them to federal court over the um, over the sanctions put against him. Um, we'll also look at um, the NED. What is the NED and exactly what they're uh, funding? Um, and I'll refer you to a very good article on IIT Liberté um, written by Travis Ross. I recommend I highly recommend it. And then I'll also um, we'll also look at the situation in Peru, uh, in Peru um, and also look at the recent coup and the implications of that, as well as the ongoing protest. So. Um, so obviously, who is Laurent Lamotte? Well, um, he's a former prime minister under the PHTK party. Essentially, that was um, PHTK party, which um, uh, Martelly was president. He was serving as prime minister. Um, same party that had the full support of the U.S. Um, government was propped up by the U.S. government um, as well. Um, so we'll take a look here. This is a radio interview. I recommend it as well. Um, a full radio interview. Um, about hour, yeah, an hour and forty minutes. But I want to take you to his explanations on the sanctions, and then we'll take a look at that. And oh, keep in mind, sorry, this is a um, the host of the show is um, Edu Zeni, Radio um, Allo Senator. That's usually that's the name of his uh, show. He's a former senator of Haiti too. It's the same guy that I'm mentioning. Um, he is the um, which I didn't know at the th um, before too, but the how do you say that? I, I had issues saying that the last episode as well. Uh, son beau-père en français, which is his uh, brother-in-law, Jesus, yeah. His brother-in-law is Joel Kali, another prominent Haitian businessman um, based in Jacmel. So we'll take a look here. I believe it started at uh, 44 minutes, yeah. What's that feel like here? On a les balles que nous avons parlé, nous avons des instructions, parce que c'est pour ça vraiment que 
des mandats pour nous être capables de parler dans l'émission à nos sénateurs, que nous avons essayé samedi, nous sommes capables, au lieu que mal le samedi 31 décembre, et puis qui va peut-être malgré nous pour nous nous là, ouais, j'ai internet à chaque nous. Donc, sanction, on a Pour qui ça, mais même pour qui ça, ils ont non, et pour qui ça, que ont accusé, et c'est accusé là, et nous connaissons qu'on tribunal, au point tribunal, qui est important. He's essentially asking, for those who don't speak Creole, the host, Edozini, is asking, um, asking former pres, uh, Prime Minister Laurent Lamont why they sanctioned him. Pour moi, mais même Edozini, je pense qu'il est très important que nous commencions à être nous dimension ça. Si nous pas coupables, si nous pas gain des dossiers contre nous et le moral dans le tribunal, ça fait un plaisir parce que quand ne cap pas dans la radio, qui parlait, qui jouerait, qui dit pas de droit, mais il n'y a pas le tribunal. Donc, moi, on m'a ça veut dire qu'il y a conviction que il n'y a pas qu'à jouer nous, rien. Premièrement, je pense que le Canada, si la pêche, les gens qui sont dans les qui sont dans les gens qui sont dans les gens qui sont dans les Moun kap, kap assassine moun, kap assassine leader politique, kap assassine citoyen. C'est certainement pas Laurent Lamotte qui t'a gagné dans un disque comme ça. Parce que Laurent Lamotte, moi fait toute madame comme premier ministre, m'a traqué, m'a goumé contre gang, m'a crasé gang, m'a gagné gang qui s'en mime. So he's claiming he doesn't have any affiliations with uh, gangs. But let's be real though, even if he did, why would he come admit this on, on a radio show? So keep that in mind as well. Son son la familia. C'est pour ça que le pays a été C'est pour ça que mon suis des pas de problème. Je songe, le nali, côte de fait. Je songe, le nali, Jacques Mel, la montée, descend. Deux, trois, quatre, dix matin à prendre sous route. Pas de problème. Donc, Canada, le Canada fait ça. Canada sont, premièrement, moi-même, pour moi-même, yo, yo induit. Et, des gars dit ministre affaires étrangères et puis premier ministre là en Europe parce que yo gien un petit un petit noyau de on elle qui bon côté yo ka baio information même parce que yo font plan gaé yo besoin retirer une série de monde OK yo besoin retirer soit une série de monde soit même moi une série de monde sous scène politique là et puis yo font plan gaé pour tout monde net mais le Canada sénateur Edo qui est un pays quand même d'état de droit. C'est le porte-étendard des droits humains. N'est-ce pas? Comment on fait accuser un monde? Pas même accuser. Ou mettez ou condamner un monde. Et ou pas même font enquête. Ou pas même briser. So he's asking why, how come Canada's sanctioning him and they haven't. He's claiming they haven't conducted an investigation. And they have zero proof at the moment. Ou bien zéro évidence. Zero proof, zero evidence. Ou bien zéro rapport qui t'a. No reports. Et puis, 
carrément comme ça, où était le premier ministre canadien, ok, monté, font conférence de presse dans le sommet de la francophonie avec 54 pays, et puis il a annoncé le bras, il sanction sur l'ancien président, l'ancien premier ministre, et puis même dans deux ans. Mais c'est de la folie. C'est dépasser les limites. Et puis toutes ces manigettes. Et puis l'Abgado, ambassadeur Canada ici, a fait promotion. Il vient pratiquement directeur presse. On l'autre, ancien candidat ou futur candidat. Que Bayer avec candidat ça. D'ailleurs, ce n'est pas même de candidat à parler. On a parlé de action diplomate étrangère qui n'ont pays. Est-ce que c'est Wally pour la jouer Wall, directeur presse, ou ancien candidat, mais un futur candidat? Et puis pendant ce temps, même, même ambassade, ça, c'est une cap sanctionnée au sein de l'autre monde. Donc, nous même nous relâmes, nous relâmes, c'est la taille, nous relâmes, nous ne sommes pas d'accord. Ok? Et nous, nous prenons un cabinet d'avocat, qui est le cabinet Lavry, qui est un très gros film cabinet, ok? au Canada, et le cabinet ça l'hypothèse plainte à la Cour fédérale du Canada. So he's denying any implications with gang involvement based on the sanctions that Canada gave him. Um, at the same time, though, um, his name was not the only name sanctions, not at the same time, but we, had, we saw Fourcan sanctions, Celestin sanctions, where there's almost concrete proof that there at least were corrupt in a sense, like um, the money they received and um, drug running as well, for especially for Fourcan, who was facilitating, um, which was found by, um, um, based on the U.S. sanctions, that he was facilitating, facilitating drugs coming from Colombia to Haiti and then from Haiti um, to the United States and other smaller Caribbean nations as well. Um, so now if he's saying that um, they have no proof or um, they can't sanction him based on proof or anything, I personally don't think, whether or not it's for political play, I don't think Canada is just sanctioning him based on zero proof, whether it's a lot, whether no, whether he he was implicated in a lot of things that were deemed corrupt or, uh, or bad, or whether it was a lot or literally one thing, or maybe he was in one specific thing. I personally don't believe Canada sanctioning him based off zero proof. So to the point where I think if they have to go to federal court, I think Canada would have something um, to show um, as well. And to his point too, um, earlier he had made, because um, I'll show you the video, because he was also accused of buying 200 ARs from Israel to Haiti. Yet um, there was no mention of that in during his uh, time in office. There's no mention of that in um, the budget for the police nor the budget for the the whole year um for haiti um he goes on to defend him on um, my oh yeah sorry my only thing i want to say is that he, there's other prime ministers that came obviously after him right um now that even reinforced the sense that he got sanctioned specifically was the fact that it's 2022 and they went back to your um, to sanction you and you haven't served in 2014 to me that's actually telling more than anything because i know it's one thing to say you're doing something for um uh political play to me it would have been 
more obvious if a political play if it was someone that they had sanctioned that had served more recently itself. For me, for them to go back to you, um, to Lamar Mutt and sanction him while he was a PM in 2012-2014 tells me they've got something on him or some type of evidence showing what something that some type of corrupt activity he had done during that time. Um, and even for earlier in the interview, he addresses the 200 ARs and said that was for, um, since he had a zero, like he mentioned here earlier, since he had a zero tolerance for gangs, that was also to reinforce the police, which is true, um, which could be true, um, cause they'd actually do hold ARs, although the constitution, the law says in Haiti that, um, only the, um, police actually technically can't even hold ARs, only the army can have, uh, assault rifles but that's another that's another discussion but um he had time to address the um the 200 ars for a long time now um because he was prosecuted way earlier than what the sanctions that were handed down to him in november and i'll play a video here this is from a prosecutor down in haiti explaining the situation of his the 200 ars Député Aratelli Salim Soukar t'a acheté dans le pays Israël dans le mois de mars année passée. D'après le représentant de la circonscription d'Elma Taba, Zamio t'a passé dans le pays Canada pour arriver en Haïti. Parlementaire opposition a déclaré, les bails collègues liés ont assez d'informations pour aller mener enquête là, pour y'a connu qui côté gouvernement Martelly la motte là, joint l'agence là, qui te permet de acheter toute quantité Galil Sayo, qui ses âmes la guerre. Pas gagné une rubrique dans le budget qui te prévoit une opération comme ça, selon député Arnel Belizer, qui t'a parlé dans un rencontre avec la presse, et dit Jackson Alexis, à Colin Il de reste, t'es assisté. Raison que pas, j'aime parler de dossiers Zamio, c'est parce que, nous soumettons déjà par le Parlement haïtien officiellement, transmettre par l'ancien président Jean-Tolbert Alexis, le président Déracimon Dieu seul, et Zamim Newton Saint-Just qui a bataille que la mené contre Moun qui n'a sac pas ça. Moi, je le dossier supplémentaire pour montrer que Moun n'a sac pas ça. Zam que Laurent Lamotte a acheté avec M. Salim Soukar de Sangalil. Mais là, là c'est président de l'Assemblée nationale, là, nous allons poser des questions. Parce que je soumets les balais pour monter une commission spéciale bicamérale. Parce que ça, il fait raison de sécurité d'État. Mais tout ça, là, 200. De 1 à 200. Il est là. Il est sorti en Israël, passé par Canada pour arriver en Haïti. Ça, c'est bon commandement que, comme Kamal a dit, monter côté m'dal en Israël là. Et s'il m'a des patrons, là, qu'on est que patron, qu'on est que m'dal en Israël. Un individu qui a parlé d'un ancien député, il n'a pas parlé de moi, parce que nous sommes députés actifs. C'est que nous qu'à comprendre. Et Moundel Maktaba, fier de moi. Avion privé, côté ou bien bateau. Mais c'est ça, m'a dit, yo. Et dans l'Amérique, yo, passé. M'a dit, citoyen, ça. Quel que soit pouvoir, matériel, la mode, gagné. Il n'y a pas qu'à éliminer le dossier dans Amérique-Jet parce que Amérique-Jet n'est pas une compagnie haïtienne. L'enregistrer, l'enregistrer net parce que c'est tout le système dans le même bagage. Dans n'importe l'autre pays où aller, de vous pas à numéro 1. Et un autre point pour raiser, que le député n'a pas raisé, en termes de shipping pour les armes, pourquoi il devait aller au Canada et puis à Haïti Parce qu'en proximité, il aurait été plus rapide de shipper down to Haiti directly. And if it had to stop through a country first, there's other countries closer in proximity to Haiti 
um, than uh, Canada. So that's always a question I've had in my mind. But and again, he's fully denied it uh, completely. Um, we'll see if it upholds in in uh, federal court. Uh, and something we'll take a look at as well. Another point I want to mention, he just mentioned his time under the Martelly. Um, his time under the Martelly uh, presidency. I just want to show you something here. I'll play it at 55. Ah, ma, ma voix qui se vous même qu'on est déjà parce que faut une direction c'est c'est PM là qui démissionné mais c'est à toi de de répondre PM bon de démissionner sous demande sous demande Martelly Martelly pardon they're asking him the question from the Facebook chat or that Edouzin is the coordinating that ask him why he demissioned um before his term because his term he actually ended before his full term ended not for that long but he left on his own terms oh. and he's asking why um, um if he demissioned himself or was it martelly that pressured him to leave his position as pm Job premier ministre, c'est pas un job éternel que lui, son job, sous garde bien son moyen, en premier ministre, il y a six mois et un an. C'est le bagaille. Ok? Pour, pour, nous sommes, 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 mais bon, nous sommes, nous sommes, nous président. Ok? Président Mando pour, pour aller quoi? Aller quoi? C'est lui qu'on est, c'est-à-dire que c'est lui qu'on est, ça tape bon pour lui, ok? Et c'est lui que, que, que me fait pratiquement. Donc, je ne suis style de monde que je pas aller dans la radio pour me dire que je ne suis pas ceci, cela. Non, je ne suis pas jugé que je devine faire un travail. D'ailleurs, je quitter le travail pour me devine un service, pour me devine aider dans un projet que je même suis pensé, qui est un projet que je suis là-dedans, qui devine aider le pays. Parce que même pas de besoin, je n'ai pas job, je n'ai pas compagnie qui a fonctionné très bien. Obligé de quitter tout le bagage pour venir aider Michel Matéli, okay? parce que à l'époque, je n'ai que c'est que le dévelé font des choses pour le pays. Yeah, he's saying he claimed that at the time, he claimed that uh, he believed Michel, Martel, Michel Martelly wanted to do good for the country, but that's hard to believe considering. Uh, PHTK was propped up by um, the U.S. government, and even with sketchy elections as well. Donc c'est ça, donc c'est idée. Si me dis pose question, mais Ok, un peu le monde a dit que, ok, mon un PHT, etc., ceci, cela. Bon, écoute, c'est parce que mon Dieu soit, il n'y a pas après une nouvelle ou quoi que ce soit, parce que moi, pas pratiquement, moi-même, moi, t'es, oui. So, yeah, I recommend you watching the, the rest of the, the interview. It's a good one, but mainly the, me took the, the main key points I was looking for was the, the sanctions. Um, so, We'll see how that goes. I'm sure, though, that if my personal belief is whether it's a big implication or small, I'm sure he's in, he was involved or um, in something 
considering the fact he never addressed the 200 um, ARs other than this interview, which you guys can go back. I believe it's at the 19 minute mark uh, timestamp. He briefly mentions them and it's basically his, his explanation was to address the Haitian National Police. It was the need didn't ask him in a sense that why did it have to ship um, from Canada to Israel, which I believe, sorry, from Canada, from Israel to Canada and then from Canada to Haiti. Um, he did not ask him that question, nor did Laurent Lamotte address. But I believe it's definitely a valid question to ask because um, it could be a simple answer saying like, oh, it had to go through these certain has to go through a certain uh, route before going down to the Caribbean. Or, but at the same time, by not addressing that, it just leaves more room for um, speculation as to why it was then in terms of the use of the ARs and why it had to go through um, a, one country up north, North America, before heading down south. So, another thing I want to take a look at is just the tweet. This is a January 1st tweet from. Uh, de facto Prime Minister Ariel Henry. Basically, I'll read the tweet here um, in French. Je souhaite à toutes les familles qui, depuis plusieurs mois, ont dû quitter leur maison pour cause d'insécurité. J'espère vivement que cette année, ils puissent réintégrer leurs demandes, demeures respectives. Um, in English, I wish all the families who, for several months, have had to leave their homes due to insecurity. I sincerely hope that this year they will be able to return to their respective homes. Like, dudes acting like some of these homes weren't burnt down. Like, where are they going to... I'm not trying to laugh at this situation. It's like, this tweet found funny because, like, where are they going to go? And you're the prime minister who holds... Although you're the facto prime minister, you technically do hold power. You're the head of state. And there's been, literally been nothing done to even mitigate the insecurity. Like, zero, nothing done. Other than, obviously... Um, police every day, which has been going on before his presidency, but police going on, police operations trying to um, dissolve gangs. Um, J'ai une pensée spéciale pour um, celles-ci qui ne sont pas libres de leur déplacement et qui n'auront pas l'occasion de passer les fêtes avec leur famille. In English, I have a special thought for those who are not free to travel and who will not have the opportunity to spend the holidays with their families. So we'll see how that goes in terms of um, he's scheduled to stay in power scheduled. He's supposed to stay in power till at least 2024, well, at least for this year, 2023 might leave um, um, early 2024, depending when there's elections. Um, now, that gov this government has no popularity with Haiti um, in terms of the insecurity down there. Will it? Um, will it get better? Well, no action. There hasn't been no actions from the government necessarily to mitigate it other than um, um, the operations by the Haitian National Police. Um, so we'll see how that goes on that end. Now, one thing I want to focus on is um, the NED, uh, the National Endowment for Democracy. Potentially, one of the words is supporting freedom around the world. So what is the NED? Uh, let's see here. The National Endowment for Democracy 
NED is an independent nonprofit foundation dedicated to the growth and strengthening of democratic institutions around the world. Each year, NED makes more than 200, sorry, each year, NED makes more than 2,000 grants to support the products of non-governmental groups abroad who are working for democratic goals in more than 100 countries. Since its founding in 1983, the endowment has remained on the leading edge of democratic struggles everywhere while evolving into a multifaceted institution that is a hub of activity, resources, and intellectual exchange for activists, practitioners, and scholars of democracy the world over. So essentially, the entity supports democracy um, through funding. They try to help um, they fund human rights groups, I mean, outlets, etc. Um, now, they essentially are for democracy and for peace. So from its beginning, NED has remained steadfast, bipartisan, created jointly by Republicans and Democrats. NED is governed by a board of balance between both parties, enjoys congressional support across the political spectrum. NED operates with high degree of transparency and accountability, reflecting on our founders' belief for democracy promotion overseas should be con conducted openly so that's on the website here um what i want to show you too is because oftentimes so this is an article i recommend you to go read i won't go through all of it but it's an old article posted by travis ross um how the ned has sabotaged haitian democracy and sovereignty and a lot of it is mainly through its funding and influence as well so i'll read your part here and then i'll get to my point um, the NED was founded in 1983. The NED's co-founder, Alan Weinstein, was described by the Washington Post as the sugar daddy of overt operations. According to its website, the NED is dedicated to fostering the growth of a wide range of democratic institutions abroad, including political parties, business organizations, human rights organizations, and independent media. Weinstein was more honest in describing the NED's purpose while speaking to the Washington Post reporter. A lot of what we do today was done covertly 25 years ago by the CIA, he explained. And when we're talking about covert operations, I want to keep in mind, like, it's like, um, like in terms of, like, let's say, a, a from a military perspective or boots on the ground perspective. Like, for example, if the U.S. wanted to oust uh, a president from another country, uh, a non-covert operation with just taking their military, going boots on the ground, going to the parliament or whatever the, the president resides, taking him by force and then bring him wherever he needs to go, wherever they take him, right? It's not covert. It's out in the open. You saw what the military did. Um, more covert operation. It came around the time um, um, JFK became president and usually, um, also around the, um, the Cuban Missile Crisis where a lot of the um, the U.S. protected in their interests through covert operations, uh, mainly with the use of the CIA. Um, so either by influence, by using CIA spies, um, funding, um, using, um, for example, um, citizens of different countries, paying them to influence or to um, prop up paramilitary groups, that would be the um, explanation of a covert operation itself. Like, for example, the, um, I want to say the mission, the operation of the Bay of Pigs in Cuba was covert, although uh, a lot of casualties died, but that would be one of the examples of a covert operation. 
So, in a rogue state, author William Blum points out that while the NAD was supposedly set up to support democratic institutions throughout the world through private, non-governmental efforts, the U.S. Congress provides nearly all of its funding. Blum argues that while the NED claims to promote democracy abroad, it actually promotes U.S. foreign policy, often at the expense of democracy. <clears throat> the NED finances, nurtures, and supplies right-wing political groups, civic organizations, labor unions, student groups, um, book publishers, and independent media to further U.S. interests abroad. These NED-funded organizations seek to destabilize left-wing government whose policies oppose U.S. interests or prevent left-wing movement from successfully achieving power in the first place. One cannot assume that a recipient of NED funding is somehow beholden to or ideologically committed to U.S. foreign policy. One can assume, however, that the goals and methods of organizations and individuals, the NED funds do not oppose that, the US, that of the U.S. foreign policy, the U.S. government does not provide funding to individuals or organizations who oppose U.S. interest. To keep in mind, the U.S. government does not provide funding to individuals or organizations who oppose U.S. interest. So, just to give the NED's funding um, history in the 24, uh, 2004 coup, um, the, NED, the NED funded civil society groups to undermine President Jean-Baptiste Aristide in the years leading up to the 2004 coup d'etat that removed him and hundreds of others from elected office. Aristide won, overwhelming, sorry, Aristide won an overwhelming majority of 90% of the votes, blah, 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 blah. It was then that the NED began, sorry, let me just, it's actually, I was going to skip over this, but it's actually an important part. Aristide won an overwhelming majority of the 92% of the votes in the 2000 presidential elections. His party, Lavalas, also won 80% of the seats in the House of Deputies. It was then that the NED began funding opposition groups inside Haiti. So, you can see the influence of the NED, although it's there to promote democracy, essentially it's turned into a sphere of influence to provide money to human rights groups, media outlets in certain countries, then again to promote U.S. interest and hegemony. So who is the NED currently funding in Haiti? And we'll get to that. But you can see on their website, um, too, which was then again brought um, brought up to me by uh, uh, Travis Ross, um, all at least in Haiti for 2021, all the, the organizations they're funding and the amount, for example, 775k for billing union capacity to democratically represent workers, um, 450k to strengthening collaboration between Haitian youth and community leaders. Um, even this uh, media outlet, Aibo Post, um, 120k raising awareness about human rights violations. Um, but then again, if you look at Aibo Post, really. And it's not something I've taken. I, I I don't really consume their news um, that much. But if you look at the trend and um, the stuff that they're posting, a lot of the touchy subjects seem to be opinion pieces. So anything related to um, U.S. foreign policy, um, the history, and as well as the um, Jovenel uh, investigation, whereas most of their um, published articles are just basic. And not to say basic, they're they're of interest. But they have nothing really to do of current affairs that are going on in the country. 
as well and and not alluding to that's what's going on but if they're receiving funding if uh, um, Haitian outlet like Aibo Post is receiving funding from the NED who has headquartered in Washington who also has um, US interest um, you can't really um, expect a outlet like this to have any unbiased reporting on actual things that are going on um, revolving Haiti or even U.S. foreign policy as well. Like, for example, we know, um, uh, for example, uh, obviously, there's like a mini Cold War going on with China within the United States, um, a proxy war, you could even say a little proxy war um, between the United States and Russia um, through Ukraine, although that's another thought, that's a discussion for another day. I can't imagine, uh, like, I will post wouldn't be able to make an article saying, oh, um, why, why help from China would be good for Haiti or why help from Russia would be good for Haiti. I doubt that would ever be posted on this type of um, outlet, obviously, considering the fact that the NED holds um, the U.S. interest at heart. Um, 65K for Observatoire Citoyen de l'Action de Pouvoir Public et des ONG. Um, another 40K for um, Bureau des Droits Humains en Haïti. You got 65K for Réseau National de Défense des Droits Humains. So a lot of money getting... Um, oh, Initiative d'Associer Civil. So a lot of money getting thrown at human rights groups um, uh, in Haiti and few media outlets so so there are who is the nd currently funding in haiti there are several local civil society groups and human rights organizations directly funding by the nd in haiti right now haiti based human rights organizations the rnddh réseau national de défense des droits humains défenseur plus initiative de la société civile and ocap observatoire citoyen de l'action des pouvoirs publics et des urgences are all funded by the NED. Um, and keep in mind, the RNDDH, that was one of the few first organizations that actually published a report on the Last Island ma Massacre that essentially framed um, Jimmy Cherizier for that massacre, and that was picked up by the rest of the mainstream media, which now made him become the face of, when we look, we're talking about gang issues or... Um, yeah, mainly gang issues in Haiti. He's the face of all those issues. Yet, it's based on this report that just funded by the NED that kind of framed him for um, for taking part of a massacre that did not uh, that did not happen. So the RNDDH and its director Pierre Esperance, and this is the same person that till day he's still the director of the RNDDH, and he was responsible for framing. For putting that the report, one of the reports that essentially framed or blamed uh, Jimmy Chirizier for the 2018 Lasaline massacre. So the RNDDH and its director Pierre Esperance were instrumental in the propaganda campaign that framed Aristide as a dictator, despite having won 92% of the popular vote in 2000. In addition, the RNDDH manufactured reports that framed Lavalas, Prime Minister Yves-Yvon Neptune as having led an alleged massacre in La Syrie near the town of Saint-Marc in Haiti. Espérance and the RNDGH work closely with La Tortue dictatorship to target and jail thousands of Lavalas supporters. If those of you who don't know, Lavalas was the political party of um, Jean-Martin Aristide before and after the 2004 coup. 
the NCHRIT, the National Coalition of Human Rights, um, the RNDDH former name, had an agreement with the head prosecutor in Port-au-Prince, by which any individual accused by Esperance and NCHR Haiti would be subject to prosecution. So, again, if they were accused by the NCR Haiti um, or Pierre Esperance, they would be essentially subject to prosecution. So, according to a Council of Hemispheric Affairs report, countless individuals, many of whom only crime was a loose affiliation with Aristide's family Lavalas party, were arrested by the interim government based on false accusations entered by the NCHR Haiti. So, then again, same organization funded by the NED that's supposed to promote democracy yet is undermining um, democracy from a democratic elected president who had 92% of um, the votes and all had probably still till this day, the most popular president in the his the country's history. <clears throat> and this is just based on the 22. Um, there was a conference in July, 2022 and I'll read up on it. And then I'll let you guys catch up on the rest a very good article i, I highly recommend it it's called uh I'll do the link again how the entity has sabotaged haitian democracy and sovereignty okay so in july 2022 the entity hosted a conference where speakers shared their opinions on the crisis facing haiti the speaker including guy serge pompilus and pierre antoine louis of ocap carl alexandre Minutes former number two, Fabiola Cordova, and the NED's associate director for Latin America and the Caribbean, and Charles Clément, the co-founder of Cafu L'Espoir, Cross, Crossroads of Hope, translated in uh, English. Like OCAP, Cafu L'Espoir is a partner of the NED, according to the moderator's introductory remarks. Fabio Cordova had direct role in funding numerous anti-levelist opposition affiliated, affiliated groups like the Group of 184. And the CD. So this guy who had direct um, responsible in funding um, to undermine um, the the administration of Aristide is now being invited to to in an NED conference to promote to try and see how they can rebuild Haiti with peace and democracy. So <laughs> that's crazy. The manifesto itself is vague and offers no concrete strategies or solutions classic. It does, however, point to two orientations it promotes for Haiti, Cafulispa and the America, American Global uh, Fragility Act, which um, you'll see down there. But um, once that um, you'll see in the article, um, it explains, explains the Global Fragility Act way better. But essentially, um, Biden had said when this came out, Haiti would be one of the first partners for the Global Fragility Act. And see if it'll give you an explanation here. And what is it exactly? Well, the GFA was signed into law on December 20th, 2019 by President Donald Trump with the full bipartisan support. It is endorsed by the Biden administration as a means to advance America's national interest on the world stage. At the dawn of this, this size of decade, the Biden administration hopes the GFA will establish the United States as a trusted partner and force for peace and stability in the world. The GFA outlines peace building, strategy to stabilize conflict affected areas and prevent violence and fragility. It emphasizes building relationship with local civil society by strengthening the capacity of the United States to be an effective leader of international efforts to prevent extremist and violent conflict. So 
you can look into it more, but essentially it's a tool to kind of push away Russia and China from having a sphere of influence close to um, in um, countries that are either um, useful to the United States or neocolony to the United States. So if by doing this Global Fragility Act really protects any type of relationship Haiti would have down the line in the future with China um, or, um, or Russia, um, for that matter. And with that way, they can kind of keep pushing their own interests in the country. And obviously, by doing so in exchange, they're helping, um, helping Haiti rebuild, um, promote democracy and all that, all that BS that they have to add in there to justify a uh, neo-colonial rule slash um, occupation. So I'll let you guys go into nitty gritty of the um, Global Fragility Act, but it's a really good article as well. All right. Next, I wanted to take a look at is the uh, protest in Peru. So Peru roadblocks resume as president urged peace, calm, and unity. Um, so anti-government demonstrations and roadblocks have resumed in Peru after a two-week pause as the South American nation continues to reel from last month's impeachment, arrest, and detention of former president um, Pedro Castro. Peruvian protesters on Wednesday has used stones and burning tires to barricade the main routes in the southern region of Puno, Cusco, Apurimac, and Arequipa, I'm for sure butchering this, as well as Junin, a department in the center of the country. The crowd chants for the removal of President Dina Bouliart, who took over on December 7th after the country's opposition held Congress overwhelmingly voted to remove Castillo. And just to get the point of that, I'll finish this paragraph and I'll get into it. Castillo, a former rural school teacher and union leader who took office in July 2021, was impeached after he tried to dissolve the legislators and rule by decree, a move widely condemned as an attempted coup. He was arrested shortly after impeachment vote and has been ordered to remain in pretrial detention for 18 months on charges of rebellion and conspiracy, which Castillo denies. So if you guys don't know, Peru has had six presidents in the last uh, seven years. And um, Castillo, who was, again, um, had the popular vote, had won the elections. And even when he had won, within a month, um, Congress was already trying um, to remove him um, from his position. And keep in mind, the person that they have in power now, Dina Boluart, her dad was a former dictator back in the 90s, a far-right um um, for right political party, but mainly um, a, a dictator or that was in the past, which probably served the interest of the oligarchs of that country as well, or the international community for that matter. So even when he was in power, they had from the jump, they had to try removing him um, 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 from his position. Um, for example, like five months in, they had argued um, that uh, they had tried to impeach him. The Congress had tried to impeach him for illicit financing of his party, and it failed because they needed, I forgot, they needed uh, at least two-thirds of the votes, but two-thirds of the votes voted against impeachment for that reason. So they tried again for permanent, permanent moral incompetency as well. 
and then they've used that many in the not for him but also in the past for other presidents that were elected to try and remove him and it failed again and this one particularly the, the permanent moral incompetency um, since 2017 they've used they've they've used that on a president in congress six times since 2017 um to try and remove um them now why would you try to remove um someone like that well he did have based on his politics he did have the interest of um, the rural communities in peru which was the majority of the po uh, majority of pop uh, populations and he did have the popular vote um as well so after that castillo basically went so he get he kept getting what you call it was get lawfare so through obviously Peru's constitution and laws, they can try and find ways to remove him, even though they can't find anything on him. You can accuse someone for per, um, permanent incompetency then, but then again, how would you essentially prove that? Um, uh, like when you get to the details of it, but they're essentially conducting lawfare against him just to try and find anything to remove him from power to the point where Castillo came out on a press conference and said, oh, well, Congress is against me. They've always been against me. Um, they won't allow me um, to do anything. And then on state TV, I believe that it was the day or the next day, he announced that he's dissolving Congress. So the mainstream media might make it seem like he's dissolving Congress for his own personal gain or whatever. But that's the actual details of it. He's dissolving Congress essentially to have a new lawmakers and, a, and again, um, to have new lawmakers that are less corrupt, obviously. As you can see, they're trying to remove a democratically elected president. Um, so his reasoning was to dissolve Congress, to have new lawmakers and redo um, the Constitution, which I'm assuming is trying to redo the Constitution. So stuff like um, this and in terms of the power Congress holds in Peru um, would not affect future presidents or himself while he served his term. So those are the details that are not being really presented by uh, mainstream media. They make it seem that oh um he tried to do a, a coup attempt dissolved he did, it made him seem crazy in a sense he tried to dissolve congress and no, give no context really on what's going on um so right now like i said he's arrested for a rebellion and basically he's arrested for re funny because he's arrested for a rebellion after that state they they he announced that he wanted to dissolve congress on state tv and then congress used that um, to impeach him, essentially. They used the reasoning of him trying to dissolve Congress to impeach him, where um, two-thirds of Congress um, voted to have him impeached. And then that's when the um, um, the new president got installed. And then this made me laugh. This is from December 10th, but um, Peru's president asked cabinet to take anti-corruption pledge. And then again, president, she's not, she has no legitimate power. She was kind of like I said, kind of put in place by the elite and by and supported by elite and the international community and put in place mainly with the power of Congress. But I'll read it to you here. Uh, Peru's newest president, Dina Boluyat, swore into her cabinet on Saturday, just three days after becoming the country's first female head of state and asked each minister to pledge not to be corrupt while in office. <laughs> so I don't know how you expect so. They made a pledge to not be corrupt in office, yet the her administration or her government are not even do not hold legitimate power, 
as of now. They haven't been even democratically elected. It's like similar to Richie Sunak in, in the UK or in one of the main examples in Haiti with Ariel Henry. So the 17 ministers picked by Bolivar, and keep in mind, she handpicked all these 17 ministers, who on Wednesday was elevated from vice president to replace the ousted Pedro Castillo as the country's leader, will be key to further inflaming or calming of South American country, experiencing a seemingly endemic political crisis. So here, she asked each of the nine men and eight women to swear or promise to perform their duties loyally and faithfully without committing acts of corruption. Like, come on now. All cabinet members knelt before her and wore red and white sashes tied around their waist. A large crucifix was placed in front of most cabinet members when they responded to Bouliot's questions. So, we'll see how that goes. She yet, not to say it's her job to respond to it, because I doubt she would, but she has no media, mainstream media, as is even, or Mina Peru was even asking her thoughts on Castillo being removed, but since it does, it does her bidding, she probably won't. But uh, we'll see how this uh, continues to go. This is the Caribbean and Latin America struggle for um, for less U for freedom and less U.S. imperialism and neocolonialism. So we'll see how that goes. She's supposed to serve her full term, the full term that Castillo was supposed to serve, which was about. Um, Oh, yeah. Bouliat has said she should be allowed to hold the office for the remaining three and a half years of his term. But protesters are demanding new elections. Some of those demonstrating in favor of Castillo's have called her a traitor. So, so, so we'll see how it goes. It's something interesting we'll keep following here at the 1804. Please, when you do get the chance, please go follow at Twitter at the 1804. Subscribe as well. And thanks for joining me today, guys. Have a good day. Take care.